Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Svelte Radio. We have a special episode today about the upcoming event Svelte Summit. But before we begin, we are going to introduce ourselves. So I'm Kevin, I run Svelte School, and then we have Sean and Anthony. <laughs> I'm Sean, I work at AWS, and I recently rewrote my blog in Elder.js. It's fully done now. Hi, I'm Anthony, I'm the CTF Bianc. And I'm also a Svelte maintainer. All right, cool. Svelte Summit. Are you guys excited? Pumped. Very. <laughs> awesome. Very excited. Awesome. <laughs> I am as well. We have so many great talks lined up. And compared to, to the Svelte Society Day that we had a couple of months ago, or half a year ago? <laughs> was yeah, a long time well, ago. Like actually. <laughs> we only got like 12 proposals, but this time we got around 40. So wow, it's, we're growing. That's great. And I guess we we can talk a bit about some of the of the talks. Let's start with the Yeah. You know, yeah. I also I guess I also wanted to like reflect a little bit on like the the journey that we took to to get here. Like all three of us we started Svelte meetups in our in the cities that we lived in a year ago. Actually, the first time I came out the name Svelte Society was was like at the very first meetup in New York where just kind of like introducing it to to people and then i i said like in one year we could have like a it was it was like a very tentative question mark but i knew that the name was right <laughs> so <laughs> yeah it, do, it does work well yeah <laughs> so maybe we could have bought the domain back then but uh it, i think it all it, i think it all worked out i didn't have confidence or faith that i i could do it so definitely like a lot of credit goes to kev for being the the lead organizer for uh for all this this is amazing that that you actually got all these people together and organized all this so massive kudos to to kev absolutely yeah Thanks. yeah and uh, it is actually quite a lot of work when you think about it or rather it's like it comes and goes like the workload so at, at times you yeah. have a lot of t a lot to do and then like for example, this week I'm going to have a lot to do because I have to edit all the the talks together into to one big talk, and you have to oh. like do the do the website and all of this stuff. But for next time, we're probably just going to reuse the the website yeah. or a variation of it at least. I think it works well. It looks good. Wolfer did a great job on the design as well. And, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, community conferences are definitely driven by volunteers and. Yeah. I imagine every framework, every programming language runs into this when, when they're just getting off the ground. And it takes people like you, people like us, to just volunteer and not wait for some other person to do it. Yeah. It's very easy to, to just wait for something to happen. <laughs> but if everyone sure. does that, it's, it's never going to happen, right? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a lot of fun as well. Yeah. Get, that's one thing I noticed, like being involved in the community opens a lot of doors. You get to meet a lot of people, talk to a lot of people that you probably otherwise wouldn't have talked to. So that's also fun. Yeah, I also think yeah, like even quite... even the guests the guests that we've had on it's even on this podcast was has some pretty good actually. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's I think it's quite you know it's something to organize a meetup in in your town kind of thing. That was it was difficult for me because it's not something I'd really done or thought I could do before. But I think that taking that to a sort of global scale is is a lot more difficult, and it's something that I probably still don't think I could do. So. So yeah, like like uh, like Sean says, well done, Kev. I think that's that's something that's uh, you've really put, sort of pushed the bar out there. I think it's funny because I, in some ways I think it's easier, and in others it's it's harder. 
for yeah. some reason. Uh, it's the I was others. about to say that, like, because <laughs> when when I was, I think we organized like maybe five or six Svel Society New Yorks before before everything shut down. And I was responsible for booking the venue, like getting everyone in the door. Like sometimes the instructions to get in the building were bad and then people would be calling me and and emailing me. And then at the same time, like doing, being MC or I try to sort of farm out that job, but sometimes I'd be the fallback. Uh, And then also speaking because it's hard to find speakers. And then also being responsible for AV, like being recording it and then putting online. Because I think the majority of the talks audience is always going to be online so you always want to to promote the youtube and all that stuff like that so in in one sense like doing it online gets rid of all the physical stuff so you can just post straight to youtube yeah exactly Um, yeah yeah so this time around we also have sponsors that's a pretty big milestone i suppose yes thank you daddy bezos and (laughs) (laughs) all right let's talk about the speakers or, or rather their talks I was thinking we could start with the uh, with Svelte at the Edge, powering Svelte apps with Cloudflare workers. Have you guys worked with with workers? I haven't. I haven't. No. I think they're so they're sort of like I guess they're you could call them just serverless functions, right? With a twist, it's because they're like web workers. Yeah, it but- seems like their title. <laughs> yeah, it seems like title functions that sort of a lot like serverlesses on other platforms, but more kind of I guess they have a lot less power than, than a real serverless function, but yeah. it makes them ideal for just sort of shipping out to, to edge nodes everywhere. So yeah, it's so, pretty cool. So I think this talk is by Luke Edwards, and I think he's going to talk about server-side rendering Svelte on the edge, which is a pretty cool idea. Yeah. yeah. I'm super excited to see it. Yeah. I'm always I'm always interested in what you can pump into a, into a talented function. Yeah. Low-power devices are fascinating to me, so this is kind of like... I guess virtual low power devices, like running your website on a Pi. That's fancy. Um, yeah. yeah, you I've, know, I think so. You know, having worked at Netlify, Netlify also released well. Netlify announced edge functions recently, which are kind of in a similar category to workers. The thing I caution people: so, like, what specifically is is less powerful, right? So, we're talking like lower memory. But I think that the main restriction that people should be aware of is that the response time has to be very fast. Like mm. it used to be acceptable for Lambda function for, or for like a you know serverless function to respond in 300 milliseconds and you can go up to 15 minutes if you want to. But for edge function, you need to respond probably in less than 10 milliseconds or, or like wow. on that order of magnitude, right? Like because everything in there is serving every asset that you request. So if you run a slow running function, then you, your website delivery is going to be very slow, which also means that you can't do a lot of logic in there, but you can do some. And I think that's where people are going to push the boundaries. I just want to caution people. This isn't like, let me take one serverless function and just ship it to the edge and it'll be magically faster. No, like right. this, is a, this, this is exactly like Anthony's right. Like this is a embedded device that you happen to be running closer to your sort of viewer's location. So you can do things like internationalization, like same URL, send people to different languages based on the IP or their browser sort of headers. But then also the thing that Cloudflare is really, really innovating on, which no one else is doing, is KV stores and durable objects. Oh, yeah. So they have they have that's compute. Cool. That's the thing that's workers. But when you add in some form of persistence, so KV stores are eventually consistent, and durable objects are strongly consistent. Then you get to do some things like authentication at the edge and whatever, like just storing basic bits of data. That's actually pretty interesting. I was this weekend. I was tinkering with actually doing 
like building my own authentication service. Yes, I know you shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly for learning, right? Yeah. And uh, it's pretty cool because you can you can store the se the sessions in KV probably, and you can also store like user information. So you yeah. you'll have like, and then the thing with Cloudflare is you can just like you can just park your DNA like your domain there, and then you just get your have your worker on the route and you automatically get authentication for free sort of it's it's and interesting actually i will say one thing sean there is another service doing kv and it's actually really a really attractive proposition it's begin.com are doing it as well oh, yeah. um, but yes that. it's something i agree that's been missing from a lot of providers for a long time the cell for instance doesn't have it and it's just it's so valuable and i think it's a really interesting innovation like you said the funny thing is that so begins kv is actually just DynamoDB. <sighs> and like everyone could do this. It's just that no one's like aggressive enough. And Brian LaRue and, and Ryan Block at Begin are extremely aggressive with serverless technology. Yeah. <laughs> so then it gets down to like latencies, right? Like Cloudflare, the marketing that they have of KV is that it's really sort of distributed. Whereas the DynamoDB one, I haven't done any benchmarks. Like it couldn't, it may not be as distributed as Cloudflare's offering is, which with yep. the corresponding impact on latency but most people don't care so it's fine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right so svelte at the edge then let's move on to the next talk elder yes. you building search engine optimized friendly sites with svelte and elder js that's a mouthful um, <laughs> svelte summit is actually built on elder js really i had a wow yeah, yeah i had a great time building it uh, i think nick is going to pretty much show us how to get started with LDJs, which is great, has some concepts that are a bit hard to grasp at first, but that have become clear pretty quickly. I don't know if you have yeah. any thoughts on that. I think this one's interesting to me because I don't have time to experiment with with all these new frameworks and sort yeah. of and sort of engines. And I think that having a visual tutorial, as much as I don't really do video tutorials, I think having a visual tutorial has been really interesting. Because uh, yeah. I definitely want to static generate everything I have, but it's not always easy. Yeah, it's yeah. usually a lot harder. The thing about Elder JS is that Nick has a very particular way of thinking. That's the way that he phrases it. I've talked a lot with him, or as I sort of <laughs> ran in, ran into issues. So you kind of have to like kind of buy into that that idea. But otherwise, it's it's very well written. Uh, it's very well documented. I have rewritten my site. It is a lot less JS than even the, my Sapper site because it's using the islands architecture. It doesn't rehydrate the entire DOM, even though nothing changes in the DOM. It only rehydrates the parts of the DOM that changes. And I think that's something that Jason Miller at Google is kind of really pushing. So this will be mm. an important crowning of Elder JS as, as a real thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. All right. But then we have Replicant, Replicant. by uh, Peter, Peter Allen. The in-house penguin, you could also call him, I guess. <laughs> oh, he has a real name. I, th I thought we we're not. I thought we just. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, I don't he know does. He uses it for talks only. It's like his talking. Yeah. It's like his talk name. I'm not sure it's his real name. You know, it's just like a pseudonym for talks. I'm, I'm so not I, sure it's it's the real picture as well. Like, yeah, I, I think I think I think he just hires a guy to play him. Uh, ah, but yeah. he's actually a penguin. Yeah, that's a sneaky move. So that's I think his pen this, name. this talk is going to be on how you pretty much build a REPL, which is something I have no idea how to do. And yeah. it sounds super advanced. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Isn't there, and, isn't there ongoing work to split out the REPL from the Svelte site? 
it's kind of already split out because the REPL, I mean, it's, I can't remember what it's called, it's Code Mirror or something like that, but it's it's already split out and, and somebody actually opened a PR to document exactly how to set it up in isolation, which is really good because it is tricky yeah. to do to do that. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm using it on on Svelte School, but I got the idea from one of Peter's talks. He yeah. used a REPL in one of his talks, so I kind of just copied the, the way he did it, sort of. And it works. Yeah, he's he's one of these developers that builds just like very impressive projects to serve his own needs, and then yeah. you find it, and you're like, "How come this is not well, not better known?" Yeah, and and like so, MD I think specs. his 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 um his Bristol. I think this that was his talk at Bristol JS or Bristol something. Bristech. Bristech. Yes. So I highly recommend people check out that talk because he made his own slide deck because that's how yep. that's what developers do with the <laughs> REPL embedded inside with live uh, reloading and all that. And yeah, MD Specs was also really good. Like, look at the docs and look at the penguin walking around. Like, I'm pretty excited anytime penguin puts yeah. out stuff. Yeah, super satisfying to to go to the website and look at the penguin walk back and forth for sure. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> All right. So next talks. This obviously is my favorite talk. Right, the unlocking the power of Svelte actions. Yeah. So uh, this is going to be a fun one. I think I'm hoping to learn a lot because I love actions. Who, who is speaking? Inter Alia? So, who is that? So this is uh, Kirill Vasiltsov. I, ah, right. I probably butchered his name. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So this is going to be interesting. I'm not entirely sure what we'll learn about, but it says custom events and extending DOM attributes, sharing animation logic. So that sounds fun. I mean, this is, this is just a guarantee to get picked for the, for the conference, right? <laughs> Hate? Why? No, no, no. He's guaranteed to be picked because I'm oh, yeah. guaranteed to be picked. <laughs> right, 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 right. This is uh, Conference Organizer Optimization, um, <laughs> COO. Um, Talk-driven well, so, development. <laughs> I think the more everyone understands the, the usefulness of actions and the more we congeal on a set of actions that everybody uses, then the more we can sort of build it in. And I, I'm still hopeful for some built-in actions. Like I keep having to look up, like click outside and you know simple yeah. actions like that. Like, those are as useful as animations. Like we should have <laughs> them built in. Yeah, let's. I should probably do some, do like a library on the, for the RFC and see. Yeah, if that's true. That's true. Something happens do, with that. If not, then the library will exist anyway, right? Yeah. Well, I see. So I think that actions are underappreciated because obviously, I mean, they're they're super useful. They're adding behavior to Svelte without having to actually edit Svelte itself or. Or try and get a sort of PR approved that changes the or increases the API footprint, which obviously is not something we, we like doing. But yeah, unlike animations, you don't really hear of them that often. It's it's weird, and I guess the reason being you can do the stuff you do in actions outside of actions, but you really shouldn't because it's just great to have it as yeah. a sort of reusable tool. And I think that you know having a talk on that is going to really benefit people because it will help people understand exactly how easy it is because it really is a few lines of code to essentially almost svelte into something that does your bidding rather than having to try and work within its constraints. The Zen of Svelte by Morgan Williams. Yeah, what is that? So that this is interesting. So he feels that Svelte is the most Pythonic front-end framework-ish, kind of. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And yeah, I don't know much about Python. Let's uh, yeah, so, you know, I, let's I think, see what this uh, is about. There's a popular sort of rules. I think every every major language has these, like the Zen of Python or like the rules of Java or some, something. I think Zen of Python is probably the, the, the most well-known one. So, I, I mean, 
I struggle here with like the analogy because Python is is a very different animal, but it's also a language, and uh, sometimes mm. you could you could probably draw some useful rules. So this is a lightning talk, right? So uh, um, that could be a quick quick refresh. Don't remember, actually, I think so. Yeah, is it? Is it, is it? Let's yes, yeah, it is. I'm, I'm looking at the, the, yes. the Excel, yes. Excel sheet. I mean, Python's one of those things that gets continuous hype, even though it's sort of one of the oldest languages that's there, really. They're still in use True. today. So it's interesting to, to see how this sort of relates to something that's relatively quite new. Yeah. All right, next talk. Introduction to Svite. Or oh, Svite. Yeah. Or Svite. Uh, or Svite. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I guess we'll learn yeah. at the talk, right? So Dominic is going to talk about how to use Svite pretty much and what you can do with it. It's also lightning talk. Yeah, for those who might want to prepare for this, check out Vite from Evan Yu from the Vue ecosystem. It's spelled V-I-T-E. It basically is one of those dev tool bundlers that doesn't bundle during development, but then bundles during production. And that kind of gives you the benefit of hot reloading extremely quickly because you don't have to rebuild the whole thing. But then in production, you can still build. And I think Evan Yu kind of built it up for Vue and React. And then Dominic kind of built the this fault plugin and called this feat. Yeah. It's actually really nice to to work with. You get up and running really quickly. I haven't used it that, that much. I, and I probably should use it more. It's just that like I always want to go straight to Sapper or Elder, you know, like <laughs> yeah. the, the static rendering thing. Yeah, um, but for like small applications, it's like totally. if you if you want to make it probably works for bigger ones as well. But if you just want something up and running, it's great. Yeah. The other thing I yeah, want to I mean, really get into I, is, I use is it for docs and stuff. Oh. For docs, yeah. That makes sense. There is a yeah, there is Svelte docs, which you know I think the React ecosystem really benefits from having a tool like Docusaurus, which has kind of really taken over documentation. And it's really, I mean, it's good. It's a good API. Everyone understands it. It has syntax highlighting, markdown, like all the standard stuff that you might want out of a documentation solution. And I think Svelte probably should should try to get towards that. But right now we have a bunch of different tools. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I think you're going to start with, you know, as a, as a newer framework, you're going to start with a whole bunch of stuff. And then, yeah. you know, there's, the good ones are going to sort of shine and become more enhanced and advanced than what they are. So so I think it's totally Definitely. reasonable that right now you're going to have a hundred ways to do the same thing. Yep. Sure. Like rooting. Right. Like rooting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's actually going to be a talk about that. We can probably talk about that now. So that's the, it's a lightning talk about picking a router by... Alessandro. So he's the guy that wrote one of these routing libraries. So that's going to be fun. And I think there are there are so many routers to pick and choose from. Absolutely. So yeah. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. And then we have a talk by Ron O. Hall. It's uh, not sure how to pronounce that. Names are hard. <laughs> and the title of the talk is The Web a la Mode. And so the description is the web is a mouth-watering platform fashionably served with a side of sweet reactivity. Take a wild ride exploring what it has to offer you and how Svelte ties it all together. This is bound to be a, a fun talk, right? Yeah. Has to <laughs> At least from the description. It's a fun title. Maybe yeah. maybe that Ron is pretty interested in cooking, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what a la mode actually means. No, I'm I took a sneak peek at this talk because Okay. I do have the talk, so I can actually watch them already. But it does have something to do with food, so that's fun. I think it's some, some kind of pancake or something. I'm a bit unsure. Let's see on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> 
<laughs> All right. And then uh, Lehau's talk, demystifying Svelte transitions. So this is another one of those things that are, you kind of use the built-in transitions, but having custom transitions is is interesting. So I think Lehau's talk is about how it works under the hood, which is always fun to yeah, his, his his blog has been just you know how Svelte works under the hood, like yeah, it's uh, amazing. the compiler handbook. So he's really taking this idea and, and exploring it. And I think transitions is one of those black boxes thing. Like I never know what to put in the options. <laughs> and yeah, it, there's yeah. just there's just a whole bunch of like I guess it's like CSS like inline styling or something. But then I I don't know how to transition things in and out nicely. I think there's a step change between when I look at the docs. And I see all the different transitions, and then I try to apply them in like realistic settings, and then it, it just doesn't look great. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe watching this talk will make you understand how to use them as well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I remember one time I, I had a margin collapsing, which was a which really bad issue. Like it would just it would just jump when the transition ended. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think the Lee House talks are really fascinating because it's. I think one of the problems Felt has is is the internals are so complex. They do something that's so different to anything else really that's out there. And I think I mean, there's just a great community service provided by Lee Howe that she's basically just to explain as best as possible, you know, in a kind of introductory and beginner sense how that all works. So uh, yeah. I'm pretty excited about this talk actually because it's definitely something that I need to learn more about. And, you know, it seems like an, an uphill slog sometimes, so... Yeah. 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 All right. So those are the some of the talks that we're going to see on at Svelte Summit. We're going to announce more of them as we get closer. And there's a mailing list that you can join on sveltesummit.com. Hit the sign up button and you can just enter your email and you'll get updates. And I'm going to send out the first email today or tomorrow. We'll see. And yeah, that's it. Oh, and some other details uh, as well. You can also head to the YouTube where we're going to be putting a premiere. And you can, if you already use YouTube, you can just hit the sign up or like notify me button or something or hit the bell, you know, like they say on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's YouTube. <laughs> we have a vanity URL. I think it's youtube.com slash Svelte Society. It's pretty easy to remember. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and then, and the, and then and it's, it's 2 p.m., right? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. On Sunday, 2 p.m. GMT. So that's, I think you said 10 a.m. EST. Yeah, 10 a.m. EST, 10 right. p.m. Singapore time, and right. whatever that is in British time, like 3 p.m. BST, yeah, 3 p.m. But also, it's you know, it's GMT is UTC, right? So it's yeah. ig- ignore uh, all the time, time zones. zones. UTC uh, is the only important one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, oh, there's one thing I saw this morning that was pretty cool. Someone posted about having rebuilt their site in Sapper, going from Gatsby and reducing oh, the yeah. amount of code by 40. Wasn't that you? Oh, you were you were no, recording no. someone else. Oh, okay. Yes. I thought that was yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was pretty cool to hear. So on that note, let's end the show and we'll meet up again in a couple of weeks again and talk Sounds about good. how Svelte Summit actually was. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thank See you, you guys. Bye.